0: Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm Alexis Williams, co-founder of Business Skills for Health Professionals, and welcome to our podcast, Beyond Clinical. In this podcast, we'll be interviewing health professionals from diverse backgrounds who have moved into unconventional roles beyond clinical. We'll be hearing their stories and tips, and we hope that this inspires you to pursue unique career paths. So this is the ninth episode of the podcast, and I'd like to introduce my guest, Melanie Chislett. Melanie, uh, feel free to say hello to the audience.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Um, Before we get started with questions, I just want to share a little bit about your background. Um, So Melanie is a registered dietitian equipped with an MBA and integrates health knowledge with strategic business acumen. With prior experience in marketing, Melanie is currently working in a sales role within the pharmaceutical industry at Baxter Canada. She is committed to bringing or bridging the gap between healthcare, business, and patient well being. So, really excited to have you. Um, and yeah, we'll jump into some questions. So, let's start off with a fun one What's something that you're excited about for this upcoming season or period of time?
1: Uh, well, I guess firstly, thanks for having me on your podcast, Alexis. Um, and I guess something to to uh, just call out for, I guess what I'm excited about for the upcoming season. And it's going to sound like really kind of funny, but <laughs> I'm excited. It's a good time of year. It's the beginning of the year. It's January, and with January comes like an opportunity to, you know, start something new or review what you had done the previous year. So at this time in my current role, especially. Um, it's an opportunity to review everything that we did last year and the activities that we had planned against the strategy. And it allows for an opportunity to readjust and reevaluate and how you want to tackle things differently. And of course, you take that alongside with the overall business strategy, but it is like a fresh, exciting time of year despite the weather. Like it's that, it, so I find that exciting as corny as that may sound. It is something that does excite me. Um, and I guess something else is just, Right now, I'm also planning uh, some more travel. So planning um, to, you know, go away somewhere uh, a couple times a year with the family. So uh, especially since COVID, I still have that, like, the itch to travel because we yeah. weren't able to travel for a bit. So I still have that uh, that itch there.
0: Oh, it's so funny. I feel like a lot of people are in travel planning mode right now, booking trips and yeah, yeah getting out and about again, which is super exciting. Yeah. And I love what you said yeah. about just that fresh start um have yeah. you are you like a resolution setter um or do you more do my more like goal setting at work yeah how do you approach that aspect
1: yeah um so I I'm not a huge resolution setter for January I like to like if I'm going to change anything I like to like try to do it in December a little bit you know mm. just to get ahead of it I find it stressful to just wait until January and then boom go with like the whole rush so if it really matters something it's something that I'll like Want to start sooner than January, so hmm. yeah, you know, whether it's like trying to be more active or whatever it might be, it's if I'm really truly really passionate about it and want to do it, then I'll do it in December, I won't wait for Jan. One, yeah, I do do resolutions,
0: yeah. No, I think that makes a lot of yeah. sense. I think starting to establish habits right before, um, uh, and just getting into like you can start anytime, it doesn't have to be a January or a Monday or you know, those kinds of things. I think. That's like, right, yeah. I love that, though. Um, So yeah, would you please share with us a little bit about your career path and your journey, um, kind of starting as a registered dietitian, then going into more of the business sector?
1: Yeah, so I guess um, as a registered dietitian, so I guess to back up a little bit from that, I I studied uh, biology first, and I had no idea what I was going to do with that. And then I heard about becoming a registered dietitian. So I volunteered just to kind of validate whether or not that was something that I truly wanted to pursue. Um, And I thought it was really interesting. I volunteered with dietitians in the hospital and on campus at university and loved it. Uh, Went to school, internship and through internship, I I was fortunate to have a rotation at a, a large food company and I loved it. And further to that, I also felt that during my clinical rotations, or more like the direct patient care rotations, I, it just didn't feel like it fit with me. Like, Mm. I just didn't feel like it was where I was meant to be. And I can't kind of like, I can't like label exactly when or what it was. I just felt like a little bit um, like, oh, I I just spent six years studying to be here. And I was hoping and I thought I was going to go into the clinical route or some kind of direct patient care Mm. role. And I was like, oh, but it didn't feel... Right. It didn't feel mm-hmm. the same way it did when I had that other rotation in uh, in uh, the business setting. So and I was very fortunate to have those opportunities through internship. Um, but yeah, so basically I went to the root of working in, in, uh, in business and had various roles in marketing. And then I ended up in sales. And here I am in sales about nine years later. So yeah, that yeah. was, was, you just have to follow your passions, really.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and I know you mentioned you did your MBA. Would Did you do that right after undergrad or did you do that over the, like once you were already working in business? Could, could you mind sharing about that? Yes.
1: Yeah, so I actually started applying um, to do my DMAT while I was an in internship and I realized, oh shoot, um, the clinical setting just isn't for me. I went and did that rotation. I guess two rotations outside of clinical or patient care and more in like an industry setting. At the food company, and I realized that there was that knowledge gap there in terms of like business language. And uh, though we had a business course in undergrad, I just felt like I needed to bridge a bit more of that gap. So that's when I applied. and I started uh, the MBA part time in uh, when I was working full time. So after internship. Okay. But yeah, I found that it was it was a great. It was really great to do it um, like concurrently, like part-time. Mm-hmm. So I would highly recommend that for anyone, you, you know, you, you learn and you can apply some things. And part of my research, I was able to apply to work at the time, my research in MBA. So
0: oh, cool. uh, yeah, it was really a great experience. Awesome. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, what things do you think helped you kind of on the journey, like coming out of school with more that science background, obviously the MBA probably helped, but were there other things that helped you on that journey?
1: um on that journey too for
0: business and getting getting into into more like the food industry and the marketing roles and some of the uh, the roles that you had
1: yeah like I remember I um I did do another internship like outside of dietetic internship there is like a an internship at like a test kitchen and that was kind of, that allowed for an opportunity to see how like, they worked with a lot of different food companies there. And it's just mm. a totally different experience. And I was like, oh, this is so exciting. Like, I really enjoyed my time there being able to use some creativity. And I enjoyed that other aspect of it. And I didn't expect to. Um, so I guess that helped kind of I knew that I enjoyed it and then that combined with an internship you know uh, I really enjoyed the science so I thought I was going to like clinical but then here came um, the my rotation in the business setting and I was like oh this feels so much like this feels so better Uh, so much better like it, it just felt like a fit for me and so that combined with like my prior experience um in that other internship that wasn't dietetic internship really gave me exposure to be like okay I know there's something there I know I like it but it got like validated I reconfirmed later in internship when I had that the other rotation uh, outside of clinical.
0: Interesting yeah I think that's that's a really neat how you took those it's like you you looked for opportunities to gain experiences in different places through both schooling and kind of through like different internships that maybe weren't required to complete, you know, get a job and complete your, your training, but gave you that exposure to different environments, which I think that's really valuable for a lot of people. If you are looking to maybe break into something a little bit different. Um, yeah. What key skills do you think you've learned along the way?
1: Um, I have to say with regards to key skills, uh, active listening skills always help and that's something that I feel like I'll be working on for the rest of my life it's just something that you can always improve on right so there's certainly Mm -hmm. active listening skills uh which help because especially in this current role now like uh you want to understand what matters to the customer and to me it is often a healthcare professional but what often matters to them is Mm -hmm. what matters most to the patient right so it's really listening and understanding some of their challenges to see how you know in sales we can see of you know benefit and help them out through certain situations, and see if we have solutions for them. But you really need to understand what their challenges are. and You need to understand that by actively listening. Um, and then there's also empathy overall. I think that that is a really important skill to have and to continually work on too. So it's being able to like, just to see a different perspective in whatever situation it might be, and whether it's sales, personal, or another type of role in business, right? It always helps to get another perspective to genuinely want to understand it as well. So that is a skill that if you could, you know, it always helps. It can never be a disadvantage to try to be empathetic, to understand uh, a different point of view. Um, But there's also one thing where I'd have to say, like being agile, that's Mm -hmm. so there like agility because things are always changing. Like the one thing consistent life is change, right? So Mm -hmm. being adaptable to like changing environments, changing leadership, different personalities, Um, it's, that is an important skill I find that has helped, um, to further develop throughout my career so far. Um, and then I guess I'd also have to say, um, recognizing your self-worth and, um, your value that you bring to the table, um, and your experience, like, especially as healthcare professionals, we do have that educational background and experience a lot of the time. Working with patient, and that is so that that's like that is a a lot of good experience and information to have that you can bring Mm -hmm. to whatever table it may be, right? Especially in the business setting. Um, So I'd have to say that those are some of the key skills that I learned along the way that um, I continue to learn and improve upon. Uh, But those are skills that have really helped so far.
0: Yeah, I think I think those are really interesting ones that you picked. So active listening empathy, um, like all those skills that you actually learn a lot about when you're in a traditional clinical role, right? So when you're counseling a patient, you're active listening. Um, I often draw the parallel with sales because a lot of people don't see themselves in sales if they come from more of a health background. But I think there is a lot of transferability because being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes, which is kind of empathy, And also um, kind of listening and with the intent of like helping solve problems like those are really valuable things that you learn in clinical that can really transfer into something like sales would you, would you say you've noticed that transferability?
1: Yes, absolutely there's those transferable skills there for like as healthcare professionals who are considering business I think that that right there is a key point there that you do have those transferable skills into sales especially. So I think that uh, yes, absolutely,
0: I've noticed that. Yeah, awesome. Well, hopefully, maybe that inspires some of our listeners to consider
1: yeah.
0: uh, something in the sales <laughs> space as a career. I think I think there's a lot of great opportunities out there in that space. Um, what would you exactly. say are some of your bigger challenges, like career-related challenges that you've faced?
1: Um, I have to say. Uh, so, I, I alluded to it earlier when I was talking about an internship. I didn't feel like I, like that clinical setting or direct patient care was necessarily where I was going to end up. And at that point, you know, I'd spent six years at that, like to get to that point, thinking, oh, yes, I am finally here. And um, I was in a more clinically focused internship program as well, only to figure out like, oh, as much as I love the science, like me working in this area just doesn't quite fit me. Uh, So I remember having that conversation with the internship coordinator uh, at the time, who I was very fortunate to have, someone who's so understanding. Um, And encouraging, too, it's just like, hey, you don't need to work clinically, there's other ways to make an impact on the outcome of, you know, people, and it'll just be more of an impact on people in a different way, right? And uh, like working at a company, the choices that are made for the products or helping to bring solutions. Mm -hmm. So I was very fortunate for that. But I actually, like, I remember having that talk with her, and I felt like a bit ashamed. I was like, Mm. "I, I know I'm supposed to like this, but I just... I like it, but not in the sense that I want to work in it. So, mm-hmm. so that was one thing. But fortunately, that was at the beginning of my career. Um, and then I guess the other time was when I returned to work after my second mat leave. And I was working at a company uh, that I really enjoyed working at, enjoyed who I worked with. And an opportunity presented itself. And um, I, I didn't quite think that that was, like, I wasn't ready for that Opportunity to come up, and I was like, okay, but I like it's time for change. So mm-hmm. it was, you know, making that with the face at a time when I wouldn't have otherwise thought would be great, but it's kind of like, you know, when is the right time to And of course, it happened that my first day was during COVID, but um, <laughs> so I didn't know that before. <laughs> I accepted it, but um, it was—I have to say that that was a big decision, and and it was just. Leaving something that you're comfortable with um, at a busy time in my life, you know, just returning from at least for my second one, and just taking it with the faith and trusting that you know what, I'll figure it out. Go for it. It's an opportunity. You have to jump now.
0: So, yeah, I think that's a great ones. a great message for listeners to kind of understand that sometimes things come up, and it may not be the perfect timing in your life. Um, but yeah you kind of just have to take those opportunities as they present themselves and remember that you know nothing is permanent right like I think we often think exactly with our career yeah. like things are permanent but you know we do move uh, in and out of different opportunities throughout our career and that's okay because it gives you different experiences yeah. and different skills um I also liked um what you were saying about kind of making an impact in an in a different way outside of working say in a traditional patient focused field um, and I think that can be really hard for someone that's gone through the schooling to kind of realize that you know they're not really interested in providing direct patient care um, but I like the way you said like finding impact on a different level um, so and I, and that's what I encourage a lot of people because I think I think when we have health professionals working in different businesses and companies it really, produces like they have an impact on producing better quality products and services and programs. And I think that's actually really impactful. Um, And we sometimes don't really give that enough credit. So I really love that you said that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Do you have any advice for anyone considering maybe uh, transitioning from more of a traditional healthcare role into like a business and industry role?
1: Yeah, I guess I would say like, you know, do it, go for it, kind of like what you just said, nothing is permanent. But I'd have to say that a key thing is also to, um, to find the right role for you. So to do your due diligence to, you know, before applying, or, you know, if you applied and you have an offer, like before accepting, like doing your research to make sure that that is the right role for you, uh, as much as you can, you know, verify beforehand, right? Um, But certainly like there, nothing is permanent. You can always go back to working in patient care um, or mm-hmm. even considering finding a role that allows you to work part-time in patient care too. So you don't have to give that up completely or finding a way mm-hmm. to make that work, if that is something that really is of importance to you. Um, and just to know that there's, it, it doesn't need to be scary as it sounds is what I'm trying to, trying to get at. And I remember I, I had a mentor when I was making the leap from marketing to sales. And I was like, Oh, I don't know if, uh, I should do this but I know I sales is the right thing like I want to understand the other side of you know mm-hmm. this whole story from marketing going over to sales opportunity presented itself and they mentioned you know you have to strike when the iron's hot and that resonated with me I'm like you know what that's right like when is going to be the right time as I've mentioned before mm-hmm. so like if you come across an opportunity that makes sense with your your career aspirations and your goals if you think it'd be a good fit and they would be a good fit with you then like go for it, right? Because it's not permanent. It Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be at least.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I think those are some great, great tidbits. Um, So yeah, what are some of your personal or professional development goals for 2024?
1: Um, I guess for me, it would be taking the opportunity this upcoming year to uh, learn a little bit more about another area in healthcare that I I do find interesting and it's, I mean, it's healthcare, so it's all combined, but it's, I find it's interesting how healthcare is evolving and um, particularly when it comes to digital healthcare. Especially Mm -hmm. in the community setting, just to do some reading, some networking, just to understand that whole landscape a bit more. I've always found that intriguing to help improve the care delivery Mm -hmm. um, amongst healthcare professionals. So that's something I just want to take upon myself to learn a little bit more in terms of my personal professional development goals um, for 2024.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great one. (laughs) I think that's a good one. And I will just do a shout out to my first podcast episode because I did interview... Kristen, from working um in the health tech industry, i think I think health tech and digital health is a really fast growing space that needs more health yeah. professionals um, yeah. getting yeah. into that because my experience of kind of working with a few companies that maybe didn't have a lot of health professionals is that there's an opportunity to like improve the programming quality, um improve the products, whether it's an app or you know, whatever tool or, or digital thing that company's developing, having health professionals involved, I think is super valuable. Um, whether it's in a consulting capacity or employment, like, I think there's a lot of great opportunities out there. So I think that's a great goal. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, there's so much opportunity there. There's, it's just so much opportunity for improvement in that area. Right. And that's like has been addressed. And it's just, how does, how do companies go about that? Or how can we help the care delivery to ultimately make sure that patients are receiving the care that they need at home or wherever it may be in the hospital long-term care, you know, just yeah. that's all, all intriguing. I think like there's a very exciting, like you said, fast paced uh industry right now for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, this is kind of like a life management question, but is there something that you do on a weekly basis that sets you up for success um, for your week? And then anything you do like on an annual basis, actually, you kind of talked about that at the beginning, you're, you know, evaluating and looking for different ways of doing things. But yeah, if you don't mind sharing a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, so I guess, well, on an annual basis, yes, it's the planning and looking back on the past and revisiting your plans and hey, how can we improve this, you know, going forward? I guess in, in a way it's similar to what I would do on a weekly basis, which is on Friday, it's carving out that time. at the like end of the day on Friday um, just to plan for your Monday. And it has to do with reviewing what happened. like that prior week or that week that's just happened. And, and to make that plan for Monday so that when come Monday, you feel like you have a plan and you don't need to remember, Oh, okay, after the weekend, what was it? Like what happened again? Like what? what's most important? So it's, putting that, jotting that down on the Friday, I find helpful. Because mm. I remember when I, I went through a period of time and I didn't do this, I turned my computer on on the weekend just to get it on and, and to figure out, okay, what am I, what, what do I need to focus on on Monday so that I can, you know, um, like enjoy the rest of my weekend and not have to worry about how my Monday morning is going to work. Like I need to figure out my plan before I read all these emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Monday revisiting it because they can change quickly as we know, like plans change, yeah. the weekend priorities. So that's something I do Fridays and then Monday I revisit it and that helps me a lot in like my plan for the whole week and just my sanity yeah. as well. <laughs> sure. I really
0: like the Friday. I, I know a lot of people do it like Sunday night, but I'm with you. I really like to do it before the end of the work week. Um, because I find yeah. it hangs over me if I don't do it. Like yeah. I kind of go into the weekend, like, Oh, like Monday, what am I going to do? And I, I do find yeah. Oftentimes Monday morning, you can feel a little bit overwhelmed or just like not clear headed. And I think having yeah. mapped out like the specific tasks and things you have to complete, it's really helpful to just get into it versus like wasting away, you know, part of the day, trying to remember oh. what you needed to achieve. So uh, I think that's a yes. great tip. Yeah. Thank sure. you. Well,
1: any, any way to make Monday morning easier, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's always a good way to do it.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's a great one. Um, Is there any kind of final words or anything else you'd like to share with our audience?
1: Um, I guess for healthcare professionals who are considering taking the plunge into business I think like if they're unsure like I already mentioned it's important to find that right role by doing your research first Um, but I I do think that you know like we already talked about don't be too afraid you take the opportunity make sure it's a fit first you don't want to waste your time here like make sure Mm -hmm. it makes sense for you and um, then if it if you realize that you miss some of the direct patient care find that you can always find a way to add that in or like you said like you can always go back to it but there's also Mm -hmm. ways to do it on this side as well but overall Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be as scary as it may seem to make that that jump from um, you know working in patient care as a healthcare professional to business I think that um, healthcare professionals have a lot to offer um, a lot to offer companies in terms of business decisions and mm-hmm. uh, planning. So in uh, just a different perspective overall. And then on top of that, like there's the element where as an HCP, you are bound to your professional college too. So that definitely helps with, you know, a different perspective. You have to have that as a top priority in your mind too. Um, so I'd say, yeah, don't, don't be so afraid, go for it, uh, but make sure it's the right opportunities that you're going for
0: yeah, thank you for that. I, I think that's great advice. So awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today. I hope everyone enjoyed hearing from Melanie and you're feeling inspired. Um, just a couple of things before we wrap up. If you're interested in engaging more with this community, um I have a Facebook group called Business Skills for Health Professionals Community. Uh, I'll link it in the show notes um, for this podcast. And we also have um, support for you if you are making a career transition through our Beyond Clinical Career Transition Program. Um, this can be for anything from helping you with your resume, coming up with kind of a networking strategy to help you find the next opportunity. So you can learn more on our website, www.bizskillsforhps.com, And I'll link this again in the notes as well. So thank you so much, um, Melanie. And yeah, have a great rest you. of your week. And to you as well. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Bye.